Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast. Our purpose statement at Bridge Church is to reach people where they are and help them grow. We hope today's message inspires you towards growth, and we pray it's life-changing, and we hope to see you soon. Let's pray together. God, we love you. We thank you and we're honored that we get a chance to talk to you and talk about you. It is a divine gift that you've given us to be able to open up the word of God and to know what you think. You have revealed yourself. You've you've told us about your personality, about your character. And then in addition to telling us about you, You've told us about us. You've given us a word for who we are. Thank you, God, that I don't have to wrestle with who I am. I am who you say I am. I'm found in you. I'm not lost. I'm not confused. So God, I pray that you would anchor me more today in who you've made me to be. Pray that you've given me a little bit more clarity on where I'm going. And then when we leave this place, we would walk away with a word from you. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen? Well, if you'd open up in your Bibles or in your phones or you can look on the screen, look here at the book of James. We are still in James chapter 1 at the very first part of it. And in James 1 verse 2, here's what James said. James said, count it all joy, my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds. Now we covered that last week, so you can feel free to go back to the podcast or on YouTube and look at what we said about that. But James gave us a perspective on trials. He said they were tests. Then he goes on to say, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And we touched on that last week and we're gonna delve deeper into that. Steadfastness, as James is speaking about it, can be translated as endurance. It could also be seen as patience. The word in the Greek there essentially means it is the ability to stand 10 toes down in the midst of a storm to be immovable when something is trying to move you. In other words, what James is saying is when you are tested or in a trial, what God is doing, and he says what you know that he's doing, is he is giving you a greater inner quality of strength, endurance. Your character is being built up. And in the trial, you are more aware of that. So look how James says that, knowing that trials produce steadfastness. Well, one of the things that we touched on last week and I think is worth noting again, is that James is saying, when you're in a trial, you know you're gonna get stronger, you know you're gonna endure. He's assuming you you value endurance. And the truth is, as a culture, we don't value endurance as much as we value options. 
the ability to do something different. When it comes to jobs and relationships, this generation has more options than ever. As I mentioned last week, uh, in my generation, you dated who you saw, praise God. Uh, you dated who you were around, you dated who you went to church with, and that was it. And this generation has more dating options than ever. How's that going for you? Amen, is that going better? I don't know. Millennials and Gen Z though, we can't knock those generations because millennials and Gen Z noticed something unhealthy about Gen X and boomers. Millennials and Gen Z noticed that, for instance, for myself, when you got a job, you kept a job. It didn't matter if you didn't like the job, you didn't like the people. Uh, my mama went to work, didn't like none of them people, but she just stayed at the job. You stayed at a job and you kept the job. You went to a church, you stayed at that church. You couldn't stand the people, but that was your church. And so Gen X and boomers had a vision of staying and endurance. But in many ways, Gen X and boomers would stay at the expense of their emotional health. They would stay even if they had low emotional connection. They would stay without any self-care. They would stay while hurting. And generations after that said, well, I'm not gonna stay and complain and do all that. And so in many ways, there is an unhealth to staying for any old reason. And so as generations moved on, they had a different perspective about cultural loyalty or job loyalty or relationships, things of that nature. And then COVID happened, amen? And COVID was probably the most noticeable cultural shift we had when it came to options. You keep the same New York salary and live in Kansas if you want to. Well, that happened. Everybody thought to themselves during the pandemic, do I enjoy where I am and what I do? Everybody had that thought go through their head. I, I don't know anybody that didn't think about moving, praise God. They thought about it. And from there, we saw what they called the great resignation, where people left jobs. Even in the midst of that, from a spiritual standpoint, we, we saw what we call deconstruction, where people started leaving churches and denominations because everybody started thinking, does this fit for me anymore? And I want to say with a great statement in that, that's a good thing. It was good that we evaluated where we were. It was good we had options to do something new. Here's what I wanna to preach to you today about and really to speak even more to our generation. In that moment when people started leaving, people started writing blogs, they started making videos, they started telling their friends and everyone celebrated leaving. Options became a gold medal. You left, yes, good for you. And I think we should celebrate leaving. 
I think the problem is we don't celebrate staying. We don't give people gold medals for enduring. And learning the hard side and the hard truths of staying in a tough situation. And that's my only thing I want to preach to you today. I want to increase your value of endurance. I want you to see what James says about endurance and how it can help you. Amen? James 1 and 4 goes on to say, you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, endurance, patience, right? And then he says, let steadfastness have its full effect. Say that with me, full effect. Notice that when he says, let steadfastness have its full effect, feel the optional nature of that. See what James is saying in that you may miss out on what endurance is intended to do in your life or the full effect. What James is saying is that God is going to use tests and trials to fully develop you, but you have the option of removing yourself from the trial. In addition to that, as you remove yourself from trial and not endure, you are also leaving yourself underdeveloped. Here, therefore, means that trials are God's intention of fully developing you. Amen? And if you leave, you'll have unfinished work. If, if you remove yourself from certain trials, you will not complete the assignment God has for you. You'll cancel your calling. And so in many ways, he says, let God do the work he intended to do on you. Be fully developed. Our generation, we are subtly raising a generation that values different things. We don't understand calling, but we understand consumerism. We don't understand what it truly be, means to be edified and built up. We understand what it means to be entertained. We don't understand what it means to be on a mission. We presumably think everything is a menu that I can choose in, opt in and opt out of. Saints, this is what James is trying to say to us, is that some of us have been put in hard situations and we left and we left underdeveloped and we left work incomplete. There were apologies that you were supposed to say. There were conversations that you were intended to have. There were people that God had assigned you to pray for. But when it got hard, you left. Or when it got hard, you stopped ministering. You stopped loving. You stopped caring. You stopped giving. 
You no longer use your gifts. You no longer remained loving. And so even though you were there, you checked out. And what we see here is God uses hard situations to bring out the things he has placed in you. He is not always calling you to comfort. A totally comfortable life will leave you underdeveloped. Now, why do we always choose another option? I can tell you the number one reason why. Far too many of us think growing means learning more or doing new things, as opposed to staying in a hard place. God's intended way out of a trial is through it. And bypass means you develop less. There are situations God has placed you in and you left unfinished. That means you left underdeveloped and not fully changed how God wanted to change you. Can you imagine the story of Joseph? Joseph, y'all know he was kidnapped? Kidnapped by his own brothers. This great dreamer. Joseph the Bible says, was thrown into jail because of a false accusation while he was doing good. Joseph ministered in jail and the person he was ministering to got an opportunity and forgot about him when he got up into the big room with the big people. And the Bible says that the Lord was continually with Joseph. Joseph ministered after being kidnapped. He ministered in jail. He ministered after accusations. He kept himself about the work of the Lord, even though I'm sure he at times felt abandoned by the Lord. And it is because Joseph continued to love and give and serve, God exalted him. But God not only exalted him into a new position with Pharaoh, being essentially his second in command, God also matured him to have a fully developed understanding of what God was doing. Look what Joseph says. When Joseph ends up meeting his brothers by whom had kidnapped him and started this whole problem, Joseph says to, says to them, as for you, you meant it for evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Joseph, because he had remained a minister of the gospel, a minister of God's love, a minister to people, by the time he got to the place where he had power, what exuded from him was grace and love and beauty and truth, not bitterness and meanness and callousness. Y'all kidnapped me, remember that? Well, I'm the big dog now, y'all see that, right? Second in command, baby. No, he didn't say that. No, 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 no. Because the power didn't define him, God's love did. Because he loved when it was hard. He cared when it was hard. And when things got hard, he didn't become hard, he became soft. He became gentle. 
The things you go through aren't supposed to make you hard. They're supposed to break you and make you loving. You know, sometimes people go into who's been through more wars. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I didn't have no daddy. My daddy, my daddy, yeah, my mom, my, and everybody starts, well, but, but listen, the testimony isn't what you've been through. It's who you became through it. it it's who you became through it. It's not impressive to tell us everything you've been through if you're unchanged. You, you were supposed to change. And, if you, and if you, you, you st you're still walking around with 10 year old wounds. That's not because the wounds didn't hurt, it's just because you haven't been with the healer. You're supposed to look more healed now. You're supposed to be more caring now. You're supposed to be more loving now. And so, so this is what God does. And his endurance was the catalyst for his elevation. God could trust him with power. Now, I say this to us all. Some of you are going to email me or some of you are going to ask me, Pastor, I got a situation and I don't know, should I have left? I cannot answer that for you. But I can tell you that the fight should be to lean more towards enduring than leaving. Just to, to press into God's voice. Not because it's good endurance in and of itself, it's just I wanna get everything God intended for me in this hard situation. I wanna become everything God meant for me to be. Because the goal is not just to be in it, it's to go through it. I uh, went to James Madison University. I graduated in 1999. Many of us have been to different schools, amen? I'm not gonna ask you if you went to school if you didn't go to school. How many of y'all know there's a difference between attending and graduating, amen? Hmm? Anybody know that? Yeah, I was at Howard in 2002. It was crazy out there. Yeah, man, I remember Howard. Word, yeah, I saw Puff out there, all that. It was amazing, okay. You attended. Did you graduate? Because if you've graduated something, you know that you walked across the stage and it celebrated and you held that thing up and you threw that tassel up in the air and you said, I got everything I was supposed to get. And that, and that, 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 that diploma is your receipt to say everything I paid for, everything I sacrificed, I got it all. That's much different than saying you attended. And, and, and what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get you to celebrate endurance, like a graduation, saying, I went through it. I just, I wasn't just in it. I'm changed now. So, James says, let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. 
I want you to understand here when James says, let steadfastness have its full effect, we see that that's the full development of who you are. When he says that you may be perfect, he is in no way talking about sinlessness or moral perfection in any way. What he's using there as imagery when he says perfect, he's talking about whole. He's talking about complete. He's talking about maturity. And that you would be everything God intended you to be. Mature and whole. And then he throws in this part when he says, lacking in nothing. And what he is essentially saying is, when you endure a trial, you are able to get everything God intended for you. In other words, he says, if you desire to value this one characteristic, endurance, you will have everything you need. You will not lack in everything. Endurance, therefore, is the foundation of maturity. Endurance is when you get everything. You will not lack anything. And we don't talk enough about endurance as a means of maturity. I wonder what your vision of a mature Christian is. Who's mature? It's very important. Very important, you wrestle in your mind, who is mature? Is it the most gifted people, the people that are most profound? Is it the people that are on mostly on stage? Is it the people that are on video? Who is mature? And James says, if you want to find someone mature, listen to the stories of the saints that have a testimony of something they fought through for a long time and got to the other side. And we don't have, sto we don't have enough stories of endurance. We got too many stories of gifted people. What I'm trying to tell you is we have magnified gifting and we've lowered character. Oh, character is built out through hard times and loving through it. And we don't, we don't exalt enough people like that because, because they're not shiny enough. And maybe, this might blow your mind, maybe the internet's not telling the whole story. Bam. Maybe there's another story, but it's quiet and it's in smaller community when you can hear what someone's been through. And in many ways, that's still in our midst. There's people here who have matured because they worked through a thing. Working through stuff is hard, isn't it? I like leaving. I don't want to talk to you. I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't, I like, no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I like to talk about the people I'm having a problem with. I don't want to talk to the people I'm having a problem with. I want to talk to them. That's a lot easier. Isn't it easier to talk about the people that talk to them? Amen. 
Because when you're sitting there, your heart's beating like, your brain's going pow, pow, pow. But if I hadn't talked through it, I would not be the man I am today. I'll tell you one other thing. Some of y'all left situations based upon your imagination and assumptions rather than real life. I didn't, that's not even my notes, that's for free. I cannot tell you how many people were like, yeah, so I left because, you know what I'm saying, there was people and they did, and then they said that. And I was like, well, did you ask them? They're like, nah, I just know. I'm like, maybe you don't. <laughs> maybe the devil's a liar, yes. Maybe he's, come on, the father of lies. Maybe he makes lying sound true. Maybe you left because of a lie. Maybe you've characterized people based upon hearsay, not what they said. And maybe there was some development over there. Maybe there was some love over there that you could have experienced, but your imagination told you more about the situation. And so you left unsanctified. And you're less caring because of it. Can you imagine going to heaven and seeing all the assignments you missed out on? Can you imagine going to heaven and seeing all the people you were supposed to bless? All the forgiveness you were supposed to give? And this is all I want you to, 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 to value. I don't want you to have an unfinished life. I want to finish. I want to do everything God wanted me to do. I want to say everything God wanted me to say. And I wonder if you want a, a finished life as opposed to an unfinished life. And this is why we love the stories in the Bible because they're, they're crazy and they're amazing and they're up and they're down. And then you get to the end and you're like, praise God. And somehow we think our stories are going to be a, a trailer and not up and down and crazy and amazing. God uses trials. I want you to see some imagery from Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 48 and 11, God something of Moab. Can you get me that white bag right there, Josh? Next to that spindrift bottle. Yeah. Read with me Jeremiah 48 and just the bag. Just the bag. 48 and 11. Thank you, kind sir. It says, Moab has been at ease from its youth and has settled on his dregs. He has not been emptied from vessel to vessel, nor has he gone into exile. So his taste remains in him and his scent is not changed. God, in speaking about Moab, uses two analogies to speak about how they are undeveloped and unchanged. The first thing he says is, Moab has been at ease from his youth. 
meaning Moab is the type of child that has gotten everything they've wanted. Now, have you met a child that gets everything they want, praise God? I bet you remember if you do. The phrase spoiled brat is a phrase that is actually used also in psychology. 1989, Bruce McIntosh coined the term spoiled child syndrome. The syndrome is characterized by, tell me if you've seen this, self-centeredness. A lack of consideration for other people. An inability to handle delayed gratification and they will therefore manipulate people to get their way. But there's one thing about spoiled children that is universal. Spoiled children, when they can't get their way, throw temper tantrums. Another way we could say that is they explode. Because the situation they're in is not working the way they thought, so they blow up. He says, Moab, they've had it easy, so they can't handle hard things. But then he uses another analogy, and he says, they have settled on his dregs, and they've not been emptied from vessel to vessel, nor has gone into exile. So his taste remains in him, his scent is not changed. He goes from an analogy of a child to the analogy of wine. In this analogy about wine, he's acknowledging that good wine has to be emptied from vessel to vessel in order for it to be sweet and drinkable. In the process, there's these things called dregs or lees, and there are little particles that add flavor. If it is not moved from vessel to vessel, the dregs remain at the bottom and the taste never changes. Jeremiah's point is Moab has had it easy and they've been undisturbed, so they have no flavor, they have no taste, they have no seasoning. What they were intended to be will never be because they've had it easy and they can't be shaken. What he's essentially saying is, but they're supposed to be shaken because that's what brings out the flavor. <laughs> Y'all like Snapple? Y'all like Snapple? Okay, we've got someone in here likes Snapple. I like Snapple. Snapple. And Snapple uh, has changed. That's changed, unfortunately. <laughs> but when I was coming up, Snapple had all these little particles at the bottom. Come on now, come on. <laughs> Testify somebody. And uh, if you looked on the Snapple bottle, it had some little instructions. And uh, basically on, on the Snapple bottle, it would say shake it, then shake the bottle too. And on the bottle, it says settling is natural. 
refrigerate after opening. I find that interesting that the image says settling is natural. If you don't shake this bottle up, you'll never get what they intended. I got some Snapple here, boy. I got some Snapple, boy. Yeah, y'all like Snapple? This is grape Snapple. Anybody like grape? I like grape. Grape, grape is the universal drink of the people of melanin, amen? Everybody, the melanin people love grape. It's something about Africa. Anybody want this? Anybody like, anybody like Snapple? Anybody want a Snapple? You like it? Yeah, yeah, here you go. I shook it up for you. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I got another drink here. Anybody want a drink? You want a drink? Okay, now this is soda. Hold on. Hold on. You want, you, did you say you wanted this? Oh, you don't want this no more. Why? Why? It's still, it's great. It's great. You know good and well that the minute that opens up, what's gonna happen? It's gonna explode, why? Because it's been shaken. It can't handle being shaken. She's about to have the, one of the best drinks of her life. <laughs> because it's gonna be, it's gonna taste better after shaking. This is gonna get all over you. And it's gonna cause nothing but a mess. And some of you look like Snapples, and some of you look like sodas. And trials tell us, are you Snapple or are you soda? Can you be shaken? And here's, here's what I want you to think about. Here's what I want you to think about. When you're, the next time you're in a trial, instead of saying, get me out, say, get everything out of me, God. I want to be everything you wanted me to be. And I believe settling is natural. It's through being shaken that your gifts, your love, your fruit comes out. But it is in your immaturity It's in your immaturity, right? But listen, listen. This is how some people think about you when they have to talk to you or have conflict with you. They're like, oh, sh oh. <laughs> because they know what will come from you is not peace, is not joy. They know whatever was inside of you is gonna get all over them. And they will make a mess of you and everyone that's around. And so testing tell us, Somebody say, I want to be Snapple today. Somebody say, I want to be Snapple today. I want to be everything God wants me to be. And I'm going to be more developed in a trial. Here's the word I want to tell you. I want you to be changed from this message. I'm not, I'm not big into saying one message is important, but I think this is a message for our generation. For our generation. The next time you hear someone said, yeah, and I prayed through it and I stayed, celebrate. The next time someone's wrestling and they're in a moment and they're fighting through something, 
pray that God would anchor them, not in staying or going, just knowing, endure the way God wants you to endure because how you endure is more important than enduring. Stay loving, stay patient. Be more like a Snapple, let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your kindness and your goodness. We pray a blessing over this word. We pray that we would be changed in Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message was encouraging to you. We invite you to send us an email at info at bridgechurchnyc.com so we can hear how God used this message to speak to you. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Our handle on all our social media platforms is at bridgechurchnyc. Our website is bridgechurchnyc.com. If you're in the New York City area, we would love to see you on a Sunday. Our services are at 10.30 a.m. and noon on Sundays at 345 Adams Street in downtown Brooklyn. Thanks for listening to our podcast today, and we hope to see you soon.